Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker, picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello. Welcome to the Turning of the Bones podcast. I'm your host, Colby Marie. How the hell y'all doing? I hope uh, today finds you well. The church bells just rang. It's 12 o'clock noon here in Denver, Colorado on January the 7th, 2022. Living in the future. My child brain can't get its head around it. But the same shit seems to be happening. The sun sun keeps uh, staying where it is. We keep spinning around it. And yeah, it's a lovely day here. We're getting a little break from a little cold snap. It's It's been snowy. It's felt like winter. <clears throat> After that long, warm December, we finally got some snow, and it feels feels like winter, which is really nice. So, yeah, how the heck are you? How you doing today? I hope this podcast finds you however it needs to. Uh, well, sad, scared, quarantined, possibly sick, um, because Omicron, covid Year three of this shit. <sighs> yeah, we can all just take a big exhale there. <laughs> it's been it's been a whole thing. I uh, had quite the week. I had an exposure this week, so I'm... I don't know if it's quarantining or isolating. The fucking CDC is ridiculous. It's like you'll read one section and it's like, you don't need to quarantine if you've been blah, 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 and then... Anyhow, now it's five days. Anyhow, I'm on a little bit of an isolation till I can test five days out. So far, 48 hours in, <clears throat> I think I've got an appropriate amount of seasonal phlegm. Don't seem to be too worried. I got my booster about three weeks ago. Feeling pretty rested and strong, but you never know. It's a virus, and uh, we got to do what we need to do to keep other people safe and healthy because the fucking government's not going to do it and capitalism's going to keep prioritizing wealth over public safety and oh yeah I could go I mean guys I'm going to apologize I have with January 6th being yesterday the year anniversary of the failed insurrection um, kind of having some time to myself to read in January I'm just not feeling all that psyched on capitalism, and I think I'm going to have to do a proper podcast or series of podcasts about this lens through which I'm looking at capitalism, um, because it just seems to be hurting us all, and I'm just, I don't know, I had a really nice conversation with a friend the other night, and she's an economist, um, really brilliant BIPOC powerful woman and uh, you know really had a balanced view of 
you know, some of the benefits of capitalism, but also some rising awareness around problems and the way in which the system harms us. And then I just did a bunch of reading after that conversation because talking to an economist, you know, really puts this in a new light. And she really, quite frankly, called economists out <clears throat> and that there's this class of people that are the ruling financial clergy of this country and they act like we don't, you know, they don't give us knowledge about how it works. They act like it's magic. There's a select few that get it. And it just had some striking parallels in my mind to, you know, the Church of England and pre-printing press, uh, power dynamics with the church. And so I'm feeling kind of wound up. I'm feeling kind of I'm feeling kind of on fire because this Omicron thing, you know, people, you know, one in four people have it. We have a million confirmed cases like three days ago. Um, I've had two exposures in two weeks, and it just doesn't seem like the financial wheels that are filling the pockets of the very wealthy and keeping the rest of us fighting for the fucking crumbs, it just doesn't seem to be... This isn't a new revelation, it's just another example of... Yeah, just the tragic state of our world. <laughs> and so I've got I've got a rant coming. That was a little mini rant, a little taste, a little flavor, but uh when I was talking to my friend, she you know, and she made some good points, you know, about you know, we have more access to food and you know, people are healthier and more safe, so I really want to do kind of a balanced look at this and you know, put it through the Put, just throw capitalism into the fire and you know the thing about fire that's so beautiful is that the only the the truth will survive only the pure things will survive so if there are pure ideas there if there's workable things then it shouldn't be a problem capitalism and capitalism supporters like uh your ideas should be able to be scrutinized and looked at through a, a fiery lens and so i think we're going to get into that but uh not today not today, I say. Um, today we're going to do, kind of keep building on this New Year's reflection, this, this time of year. I, I'm finding it challenging to slow myself down. The New Year has this kind of momentum and energy, which is, you know, for all intents and purposes, made up and completely based in finance. You know, that's why we have uh, New Year, we have quarters. It's how businesses and corporations measure their profit, profits, their shareholders, yada, yada, yada. Um, but this year it fell on a new moon, so there was a celestial reset, which I thought was kind of nice. Did some new moon practice. Um, and yeah, I've just had a hard time slowing down, and it's been honestly kind of nice to take about two days so far to isolate and take some time to just not get swept away in the storm you know we have so many things going on and <clears throat> the mental framework of capitalism keeps us 
scrambling, whether it's for more things or a better job or more security or health care or prepping for an eventual disaster or prepping for old age because we just discard our elderly in this country and capitalism doesn't value you if you can't be productive and it's it's important to pause and I'm finding it important for me and I'm, I'm having a pretty beautiful experience of pausing inside of that and remembering that I have my own set of values and beliefs and I've worked really hard to cultivate those and to look for the ways in which conditioning has shaped those, the ones that I inherited from my parents and then go through and kind of, you know, like I said about the fire, see what, see what's true. and. You know, I felt this huge rush with work and setting goals and <clears throat> contemplating the last year of the pandemic. And I decided to, well, I didn't really decide to. I had the experience of, uh, um, I had a pretty big fire in my house. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go too far into the details because it has a lot to do with my spiritual practice. But the, the short of it is that uh, my altar caught on fire right around the new moon and you know I lost some cloth everything was you know pretty safe once the frenetic energy of that happened and so I kind of just took a minute to pause and I cleaned up all my stuff I kind of packed it away and decided to decided to just put a bowl of flowers on my altar with a candle and really take some time to look at the fruits of the work that I've done on myself to look at the uh, things that have flowered in my life because I decided to step away from my conditioning and really take a look at it hold it up to intense scrutiny and mindfulness and reflection and I think this time of year, you know, capitalism wants us to gear back up for another year of profits for people who, I'm just going to be honest, like, don't give a shit about us. I listen to some conversations among wealthy people, and granted, these are, you know, people on Fox News, but the language they used about working class people, which I'm, I'm a part of, like, I, I'm in debt. I'm not you know, quote unquote, employed and <clears throat> the way in which they were, you know, using language, which was analogous to animals and addicts and kind of dehumanizing language around poor people. I really do think that there's a divide there and uh, taking a minute to like really, you know, it's a shame, but like reaffirm my humanity and reaffirm to myself that I don't get to take any of this with me. You know, the the quality of my life internally is up to me. And I've chosen to step outside of, you know, I quit public education because, you know, I realized it was just another form of indoctrination and control into a system that 
doesn't actually care about us. You know, I'm not saying like individually we did. You know, teachers don't care about students, but I'm saying that you know it's like Plato's cave. You don't know that you're just watching shadows if you're chained to the chair. And um, kind of stepping away from that and reaffirming reaffirming my humanity by tapping back into you know why did I start meditating why did I quit working in public education why did I start practicing yoga why have I been diligent about unpacking my ancestral trauma and my parents intergenerational trauma and social conditioning around class and race and gender and it was because I really wanted to know the truth like I wanted to, and I think this is something we all want. We all want to be in touch with reality, and a lot of those things feel like a veneer between me and what's actually happening around me. A lot of those feel like lenses. You know, I could, you know, study and observe, take off these glasses, because I think we all want to be in touch with reality. I listened to uh, a talk by John Verbeke, and he did this thought experiment that he does with his students. And he gave the example of, uh, the, the, the quickest one is, you know, if you were in a loving relationship that met all your needs and everything was going smoothly, you had the person of your dreams and they were cheating on you, would you want to know? And like 100% of people say yes. And it's because even if you're happy, you'd rather be in touch with reality than be happy. <clears throat> and that's kind of what he was putting forward. And so... That's kind of a big piece of why I stepped away. And so this year, to start the year, I decided that I was going to really take some time and be with all I've done. And there's no way to quantify it. There's no data or spreadsheet. I really probably would have a hard time verbalizing a lot of it to you. Um, but looking at these flowers and lighting a candle and a little bit of incense and just sitting and realizing that the work I've done doesn't have to have a tangible outcome. Um, it doesn't have to have a productive output. Um, you know, these things do translate into our relationships, into our contentment, into our ability to discern, know how we feel, set boundaries, advocate. <clears throat> but even, you know, I still struggle with, uh, you know, I... The amount of internal work I needed to do to launch this podcast was immense. You know, it was, it's it's still <laughs> kind of the, like the biggest accomplishment of my life is doing these once a week. The things I had to learn where I needed to get with my own voice and self-love and on and on and on. And yesterday I looked and, uh, you know, I had made... You know, in 30-some weeks of doing this, I made <clears throat> about $400 or $600. No, no. How much did I make? I made, let's just say $700, which is outstanding. You know, I'm, I'm tickled pink that I, I've made money, that my patrons support me. But part of my brain was like, this isn't successful. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? That's, that's so not in alignment with reality because the things that I've gotten from this experience are 
you know, invaluable. So why would <clears throat> part of my brain still kind of be a little judgy about myself and my efforts here and use this rubric, um, you know, a, a way to grade my life based off of a system that isn't really set up or structured for my well-being or happiness. You know, it's it's set up and structured so I can keep producing, and if I produce, then everyone's happy, you know. If I pay taxes, if I, you know, make Jeff Bezos 20 bucks so he can make, you know, whatever, a fucking million dollars in a minute or however much money he makes. You know, since I've been talking, Jeff Bezos probably made like 10, 20 million dollars. And that's just outlandish and insane to me. So I've been sitting with these flowers and really, you know, not journaling about it. You know, you could journal, you know, however, if you want to do this, cool. If not, I'm just kind of telling you what's up But <laughs> with me. And, you know, I just would sit and kind of look at the flowers and remember that like those flowers are going to die. Like I'm going to take them down. You know, they'll drink the water. They'll go back into the earth. They came from the earth, and you know, they're they're uh, ephemeral. You know, like me achieving goals that I've set for myself, even if I didn't write them down or verbalize them. The intention to heal, the intention to know reality and see clearly. So. It's kind of been what I've been doing, and it's it's been challenging because like shit's been nuts. There were these crazy fires in Boulder, like snowstorms. It was a year anniversary for January sixth, Omicron, and the more I do it, the 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 more grounded I feel in myself and okay inside of all of this chaos because ultimately I only have my internal experience really is like a deep true resting point kind of a, a mast or whatever for this sailboat of a body um, <laughs> and so yeah I was, I was thinking about this podcast and I think that you know cultivating self-awareness and cultivating the ability to learn how to think you know, like independently, you read any of the old philosophers or any like Marcus Aurelius, Plato, the Buddha, I mean, fucking any of the Indian philosophers, Russian, and like, you know, mostly what those people are doing is showing you how to think and showing you the biases of your own brain. And this really great course, Awakening from the Meaning Crisis by John Berbeke. I think everybody should watch it. I think it should be mandatory for everybody. Um, no, not mandatory. Like, fucking watch it if you want to. But it's really beneficial, and he really does a good job of kind of showing us how we think and exposing our own blind spots, our own biases. Um, you know, the fact that we typically find true what is most salient. So whatever's the most relevant to our life, we find the most true. So if you're worried, middle class, choose capitalism. If you're middle class and you're worried about, you know, keeping your kids alive and successful in this rat race, uh, you know, tax rates might be the most salient thing to you. So you find information about taxing and 
you know you vote accordingly because you believe that's true but it's not like it's inherently true it's just the most relevant and salient information to you and all of our brains are biases are biased to keep us alive and to keep us safe it's this really complex interconnected web of you know what we are and <laughs> it's a little it's a little amazing to me that you know, we think we know what's going on when so often our brain is like, you know, believing things that, you know, actually aren't true. We just find them relevant. And so <clears throat> I had this idea for this podcast. I would go through a list of questions. You know, I don't, I'm not getting a ton of, uh, ton of like listener questions or I can't do like a FAQ session every now and then like after I had a crazy week with like you know a COVID scare and a sick dog and fires and blah 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 on and on and on um so I thought I'd just go through this list and you know this is the kind of shit you find on the internet you know like we're awash in bullshit and misinformation and like double speak to use the term from 1984 you know like war is peace freedom actually is you know slavery you know like there's this 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 we're just awash in bullshit to use john verbeke's term like we just there's so much bullshit out there so i thought i'd go through just a list you know like we go to the internet like, hey Google, how do I roast a chicken? And pretty reliably get information. And then I start to trust the internet. And I say, internet, you know, Siri, what are some important life questions? And so I, I just pulled up one that looked manageable and I thought I would go through it and just kind of point to some things and kind of honestly reflect in real time. I haven't looked at these. I don't have, you know, a script here. This is all off the cuff uh, so the first question is are you doing well, this is from lifehack.org so uh, one of these uh, catchy little slogans right like uh, how do you have a happy life inside of uh, the internment camp of capitalism so uh, are you doing what you truly want to do uh, yep <laughs> that's an easy one I am doing what I truly want to do. I don't even know what it would look like to not be wanting to do what I'm doing. Um, I'm doing this podcast. I'm talking to y'all. This has been a dream of mine for a long time. So yes, I'm doing, according to, number one, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm sitting here, I'm drinking a delicious coffee. I'm shooting the shit about ideas. I'm thinking, breathing, sun shining. Yeah, feel my cold feet. My apartment's a bit cold. Yeah, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Do you have a dream to follow? Ooh, do you have a dream to follow? Yes, I have a dream to follow. My dream is to connect with other people about ideas and information and heal so we can uh, share that with one another and, I don't know, have a, a deeper sense of community connection I think that's something that gives our life meaning uh, less interference patterns um, so yeah I guess I'm following my dream I don't know if I'm like if I dream to be a successful or a uh, 
public figure in podcasting, but uh, I'm definitely following my dream to explore these ideas. Are you proud of what you're doing or what you've done? Yes, fuck yes I am. Super proud. I have I've worked very hard and gone into some very dark parts of my psyche. I've learned how to experience joy and connection in a way that uh, I didn't know was possible. Part of uh, one of my reflections doing this uh, looking at the flowers thing was that like how differently my uh, relationships feel. Like I just feel like I'm more present. I feel like I'm more aware. I've got better boundaries. Um, you know, I chased my dreams. I did my thing. I thought I really wanted to teach high school. I did that. I got really good at that. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of cool stories about what I'm proud of, what I've done. Met Jason Lee. That was pretty dope. He's one of my childhood uh, idols, favorite skaters, actor you might know. I've uh, spent some time in the mountains, jumped out of a pl Yeah, so many things. How many promises have you made and how many of them have you fulfilled? Hmm. How many pro I don't know. I don't make a ton of promises. I just kind of follow through. I just kind of do what I say I'm going to do. Um, and if not, I kind of communicate about it. So I think I'm, that one. Yeah. Moving on. What's the one thing you really want to do but have never done so and why? Ooh. You know, I've, I've always wanted to make my own movie. Um wanted to write a script wanted to like you know have it be a Hollywood thing like really do the fucking thing um and you know the reason why I didn't do it is I was really into screenwriting and then um I was teaching getting my masters and I met this producer that I was dating for a while and she had worked on a lot of uh stuff in Hollywood and uh she was out here in Colorado and then moved back or went back to Hollywood for work and uh, invited me out to the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And I went out there for the weekend and we had a really lovely time. You know, we were uh, in the romantic whirlwind of uh, free and casual sex and open relationships. It was really quite fun and she was stunning and really smart. Um, super successful. It was really cool. But uh, while I was there, I... Uh, I had I felt like I had a choice to make. I felt like I was kind of given this little s snapshot. Sorry, Lily's got a bit of a cold. Oh, she's sneezing her face off. Now she's rolling on her back. Oh my god, my dog is so cute. Um, yeah, and I just uh, in that moment there was like so much superficiality, not really with my friend, but just in the work environment. You know, I went to some work parties and some like pre-Screen Actors Guild parties and I just uh, it felt fake and I wanted I wanted reality so I stepped away from that dream so maybe I'll revisit that because it still sounds super fun have you ever failed anyone you loved or who loved you fuck yes I have <laughs> of course I have um, yeah I don't know if I need to go into specifics I mean shit I uh, wrecked my mom's car. I wrecked an ATV into my mom's car once on Christmas Eve when I was drunk. I uh, ended a relationship that I still think about almost every day. Um, 
someone I was seeing with a couple children. It's really heartbreaking. Um, but I, I think there's something in that question that feels a little off. Like, have you ever failed? It's like it's like it's a shame-producing question. Like, did I hurt them? Yeah. Did I make amends? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that one seems like it's just built to kind of make you feel like shit about yourself. Um, will you take a shot if the chance of failure and success is 50-50? Yes, absolutely. I would do. I would take a shot if the, the chance was 10-90. If it was 1-99, I would take a shot. I'm a bit of a... Yeah, I like taking a shot. I'm not afraid of failure. If you could travel to the past in a time machine, what advice would you give to the six-year-old you? Well, that's interesting because I do inner child work, and so I've told the six-year-old me that uh, the advice, what, what advice, though? Um, well, I wouldn't want to change. I would just kind of trust yourself. You got this. Uh, I'll be waiting for you when, <laughs> when you grow up. Uh, be patient. Will you break the rules because of something or someone you care about? Yes. Absolutely. Most rules are social contracts that aren't applicable in all spaces and times. And if you really think about them, most of them are for public safety and security. Like, I won't, like, quarantining, I'm going to, I won't break that rule to, like, go see somebody because I'll put them in danger. Um... Or would I speed to get to their house if uh, they were having an emergency? Yeah, I'd break the shit out of that rule. Um, I don't know. That, that question is funny to me. Um, have you ever abandoned a creative idea that you believed in because others thought you were a fool? No. Wait, no, I'm sure I have. I was a teenager. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think that some of these are like kind of maybe unintentionally pointing to times that you've really been hard on yourself. Um, maybe times you didn't trust yourself. Um, but no, I, I, I usually follow through and I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean... Most people think, I mean, I think I'm a fool, so what the fuck would I care? Like, <laughs> it's nice to be a fool. I look at my dating life, I'd fucking fall in love all the time. Um, what would you prefer, stable but boring work or interesting work with a lot of workload? Um, shitty question. Let's see, you can see, like, the capitalism in there. Uh, it's like you have to pick between, like... Do you want to shovel shit or do you want to eat shit? Um, <laughs> um, like, what? Stable but boring work. So my soul dies? So it's like, would you? which way do you want your soul to die? Do you want to uh, have a slow, laborious death? Or, I don't, that one sucks. That question's stupid. Um, I want to feel like my life has meaning and I want to be connected to others and I don't want to feel like I'm fighting for scraps or in a system that makes me worry about future disasters because of scarcity mindset. Um, 
Are you afraid of making mistakes even though there's no punishments at all? Nope. Uh, afraid of making. Yeah, I mean, I just had the thought, what if his podcast is too long? So yeah, I mean, I guess, but like, I just want people to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yes, if I'm thinking about it. Sometimes I'm afraid of making mistakes. Yeah, I'm afraid of that in relationships. <clears throat> Absolutely. If I think about a different context, if I could get out of the capitalist thing. Uh, I definitely have worked really hard in the last two years of being of allowing myself to make mistakes in relationships. Because for a long time I thought there were like perfect ways to do it. And if I just got good enough at uh, speaking or understanding psychotherapy and relationship dynamics and attachment trauma, then I wouldn't make mistakes. But uh, that's just not, doesn't seem to be in alignment with reality. I'm going to be a hero to somebody and be a villain to somebody else. You never know. Or maybe you'll be both the same person. Who knows? If you would clone yourself, which of your characteristics would you... Which of your characteristics you wouldn't want to be cloned? Self-hatred. That's like a self-loathing comment. Like, why... See, this is just indoctrinated with colonialism and, like, even these nice things that are, like, supposed to help us. It's like, it's, it's just in that programming of it. It's like the Matrix. Um... You know, I'm going to say, if I was honest, characteristics. No, I'm really working to love. Like, this is, I'll, I'll tell you which characteristic I'm working to love. I, uh, having had anxiety since I was in, you know, prenatal anxiety because of uh, conditioning and my DNA, I, I work the hardest to be patient with my fear. Um, and especially my like irrational fear you know like anxiety so going back to that salient thing like anxiety is when you find something salient that is really improbable so like people with anxiety like me like what did I get oh I used to be anxious that uh <clears throat> I was finding too salient this idea that I could hurt other people so I used to be like terrified that I was just gonna like get possessed and start attacking people that I loved and so, like, that became the thing that I thought about the most, and it seemed like it was going to happen, but it was just make-believe. So that level of anxiety has been a drag, and I've tried to push it away, but I think the more that I make friends with it, the the easier it gets. Um, what's the difference between you and most of the other people? Uh, my voice. I don't know. My height. Uh, my dedication. My commitment to uh I don't know probably not that much I think we're all pretty pretty much the same um except for our experiences kind of tailor that but uh difference between me and most other people I've got really interesting toes um <laughs> are you making some influences on the world or constantly being being influenced on the world both uh the last thing you cry the thing you cried for the last time, does it matter to you now or will it matter to you five years later? Um, I would say yes. I was watching this show last night, this like teen, it was called Never Have I Ever. Um, I'm not saying to go out and watch it, but there was this scene where uh, the main character kind of like, you could, she like screams out to her mom when uh, the mom and the daughter had had a fight and the mom was going to spread the ashes and the daughter was like uh, kind of you know 
teenager working through their shit, um, but like rushed to meet the mom to spread the father's ashes. And like the way that she screamed, mom, wait, like, like, I don't know. I just burst into tears when I heard it because like I could hear it was so well acted. Like I could hear like the shared desire to heal and to grieve together and to let go and to acknowledge I don't know is this really beautiful this act, young actress really nailed this um and so yeah I think that would matter to me forever if I hear someone's soul cry out or if mine cries out it kind of brings me to tears like I think we want to heal and know truth and be connected is there anything you can't let go of but know you should uh nicotine sure let's do that I'll take a hit of my vape in honor of that question Do you remember anyone you hated 10 years ago? Doesn't matter now. Um, excuse me. Uh, well, I hated myself 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm sure it matters now. Working on self-love. Um, for the longest time, I really hated... Uh, I was engaged, and I really hated the guy that my ex saw. Uh... But I learned that that was like really just me. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't done a lot of work and it was really easy to blame him for my pain and my grief instead of just sitting with how sad I was that that engagement ended. And so, uh, Jack, if you're listening to this, I don't hate you now. I hope you're doing well. Um, I know the last time that we were in the same place, I wouldn't speak to you, so my bad. Um, if I ever run into you in public, uh, I'll apologize for that. I don't know how to get a hold of you because I don't know if you're on social media and that would be weird, but now I'm just kind of... Anyhow. <laughs> um, which makes you happier, to forgive someone or to hate... What? Which makes you happier, to forgive someone or hate someone forever? There's no other option. Um... Forgiving somebody, obviously. Big ups to Jesus. Forgiveness is the shit. Um, I think that one's like misleading, right? Like there's other options, right? You can forgive somebody and still like hold them accountable. You can be angry at somebody and still forgive them. Um, I think it's more complex than that. Um, what are you worrying about and what's the difference if you stop worrying about it? I'm worrying about money. If I stop worrying about it, I'm happy. <laughs> if you die now, would you have any regrets? Hmm. That's a good one. Would I have any regrets? I don't think so. I mean, I think I just want more time with the people that I really loved. Um... You know, I think because I just told that story about my ex that she's coming to mind. I would love to, I'd regret not seeing her and meeting her child. Um, which one would you prefer, having a luxurious trip alone or having a picnic with people you love? I don't know how these are supposed to help you get to fucking know yourself. It's like, <laughs> um... Why, why, why is that an important question? Life hack. Um, picnic with people I love. 
I don't know, but that might be overwhelming. So what if there are a lot of people there and I can't give them all my attention? Like, um, do you care? It's like it's asking, like, do you care more about connection or money? Or are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Like, it's like a loaded question to make you <clears throat> pick that. Um, I remember, like, one thing that really helped me learn how to think was under like when I was getting my master's in education was learning how they wrote tests and learning how to structure honest questions that weren't like leading you somewhere so they were kind of open-ended because um, whether or not you understand it a lot of teachers and a lot of things about society are trying to lead you somewhere so keep your eyes peeled everybody who do you admire and why um <laughs> Who do you admire and why? I'm going to say right now, I had, it's coming to mind, first thought, best thought is Brene Brown because she is uh, being vulnerable in public, um, which I think takes a shit ton of courage. Um, she's really transparent about her process and the work that she does, and I think that's really admirable. Um, is there anyone who inspired you and made you who you are today? I mean, I would say, yeah, I'm going to give a nod to my godfather. My godfather really inspired me when I was younger. He kind of gave me some structure. He introduced me to the Stoics and Marcus Aurelius and uh, some great thinkers and really helped me learn how to think. Um, you couldn't couldn't say something foolish in front of him he didn't suffer fools well and he wouldn't fit in too well in 2022 um he wasn't sensitive at all i mean well that's bullshit he was sensitive he just had an extraordinarily hard life and a lot of walls between him and his vulnerability um but yeah he he definitely made me who i am today um what's the one thing you're the most satisfied with hmm fuck it me I'm pretty pleased with myself I've worked really hard to look at some really challenging things and I'm satisfied with uh, the effort I'm putting in to uh, getting to know myself um, and getting to know the truth when was the last time you laughed and what did you laugh at? Hmm. When was the last time I laughed and what did I laugh at? I was talking to my friend, Mel. I don't know. Every time I talk to my friend and my ex and just fucking one of the loves of my life, I'll just be honest. Uh, every time I talk to one of the loves of my life, um, they make me laugh. Like... It's almost impossible that I can get out of a conversation with uh, with them and not not laugh super hard. Um, I can't remember what it was. I think they, they called me out about something, and it was really fucking hilarious. Or they, they pointed to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have this thing, you know. I, I really, like, low-key, low, like, I love to be right. I really do. I like thinking, and I like it when I'm right. I fucking do and it does I don't it doesn't come out all the time but 
this person knows me super well and I did something and um, has made this joke about like a, you know, 16 year old Colby just waiting in class to be right. Um, and that really made me laugh. Uh, are you doing anything which makes you and the people around you happy? I hope this podcast, I hope uh, healing. Shit, I think walking with my dog, it makes me happy. And people seem to like be really delighted when they see my dog walking around the city off leash. And she's really pretty. So walking my dog. Is there anyone who you love or who loves you? Yes. Um, but even like that, that one's like leading too. It's like, what if, you know, like, just think about that question. Like, what if you're feeling lonely or depressed? Like, I'm sure there are people that love you, but you feel disconnected from the feeling of love, you know, so that doesn't really take into account trauma. Um, when was the last time you really talked with your parents or family? Uh, well, I haven't talked to my dad in a couple of years. It's kind of challenging to talk to because of the way in which he communicates and rages and uh, doesn't really pay attention. Um, talked to my mom and my aunt I had a really nice conversation with them over Christmas talked to my sister all the time so I'd say recently with my sister we talked quite deeply she's a therapist and a badass um, if happiness is a currency how rich do you think you are um, I don't think the goal is to be happy I think the goal is to be content I think if like that's a capitalistic question like I'm not supposed to be high on dopamine all the time like that's you know, like, it's like the myth around falling in love. It's like the way you feel the first six months is a neurological cocktail that makes you high. And then people think when that's gone that they don't love the person anymore. Um, same thing with happiness, you know, that there's a neurological correlation. So I would say that contentment is a better uh, measure. I feel pretty content. You know, I'm ups and my downs, but overall I feel pretty content. If today, if today was the end of the world, what would you do? Oh shit! Thirty-one brings it home, back into that death contemplation I talked about last week. Um, if today was the end of the world, what would I do? Snuggle my dog. I want to hang out with the people that I care about the most. Spend some time in nature. Eat a fucking kick-ass bacon cheeseburger. Probably have a delicious beer. You know, if we're going out and there's no hangovers tomorrow, I may as well have a beer too. Um, yeah, look at some plants. I don't know, shit. Listen to music. God damn. I'd have a busy-ass fucking day. There wouldn't be any naps. Probably drink some more coffee. Um, yeah, I'd probably meditate. I just take some time by myself uh it's funny because it feels like it's the end of the fucking world this late stage capitalism pandemic so uh i think i do what i'm doing which is uh talking to y'all i'm gonna go live the rest of my day keep doing some work um yeah this was just a random one but uh yeah hopefully that was interesting gave you some things to think about about your life uh kind of uh life hack for frequently asked questions uh episode 
and uh, yeah I'm just gonna wrap it up there I hope you're well live today like it's your last because you never know um, I remember hearing I, was, I think it was Black Thought from the Roots <clears throat> um, it was the first time I heard this put into words I was like 18 but he just said something you know like tomorrow's not guaranteed or something in a, a, a lyric and it really made me think I was like shit he's right so uh yeah go out live your life do what you uh want to do uh love you all thank you so much for joining me this uh kind of a hectic week hope you uh find some peace and some grace if you can uh share this with a friend share it online uh try and boost my uh listenership this year my goal is to double it um yeah and if that doesn't happen shit i'll just keep shooting the shit with y'all uh you can go to patreon www.patreon.com forward slash turning of the bones you can shoot me a message on instagram at queso blanco or at turning of the bones uh you could leave a review on itunes like follow subscribe yada 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 um yeah thank you so much for joining me today i hope you're well and yeah, be well. Turning of the bones. Bye now.